Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. First, I want to thank Rabbi Yenis and Rabbi Hope for, for allowing me to come. This has been already, I've been here 24 hours, an amazing place. There's, there's such an open heart here. There's a Lev Pasuach here to see the, I met the, a lot of the guys, the, the youngsters in the community. There's a, there's a tremendous Lev Pasuach that's here. I already, I knew Yaakov. That, that was my connection to South Africa. But I see what I saw in Yaakov, somebody who's, who's open, who's open to Ruchnius, who's open to explore and to grow. There's a tremendous Lev Pasuach. Nistama the Mechanchim have a big have a big chalik in that. So I thank you, Rabbi Yenisa, for bringing me. I thank Raimosin's warmth is something that's that's incredible, really, really special. I have there's no there's no warm industry. There's no such thing in a yeshiva, a warm place. The yeshiva by us, the Yaka was part of, it was a warm yeshiva. There's no industry called warmth. What marks the yeshiva is the rebellion are warm to each other. There's a connection, a camaraderie, a friendship. It's not like you, you hug the youngsters. We hug each other, Rebbein. We're close. My kids are close to the other and Their kids are close to me. I see the most. And I, it's not, there's no such kirib as not to be warm to them out, to somebody. It's all us, Klaisrom. I feel I'm one of my most sincere projects. The warmth that he's given myself, my wife, my son, Yisrael Mayer. There's a, there's a yid in America. There's a yid in America who's very involved in Kirov, and I always have an appreciation for this yid. My grandmother was a survivor, and he was always very much Makarov. My, grand, my grandmother was from, she was a powerhouse, but he always was Makarov, my grandmother. And I always felt that there's so much authenticity to this person. It's not what's for the person out there, it's for everybody. And I feel that warmth and appreciate the warmth a lot. It's, a, it's really an honor to get together with Mechanchem is always a schos. People that are influencing members of Kla Yisrael and all of us have ideas. We all could take turns standing up here. We all are involved in Chinuch. And our experiences teach us different things. I want to share some of my experiences. The only way you can get up, you can't be arrogant to speak to Mechanchem as if you have the goods, you have the ideas. We all have ideas. The only way I find you could speak to Mechanchem, the only way that's meaningful is if you're honest with your own stories, what you experience, what you go through, because we all have our own journeys in Chinuch and our own things we discover and see. I want to share this morning with you some of my experiences and we'll see how, how you know, if somebody has questions with their own ideas, of, but I want to share my experiences. I want to start before learning a Gemara Kedushin, I really appreciate this Gemara, and I always have a love for ladders. That's an old story. In my shul on Simchas we bring out a ladder for many, many years, for about 15 years, and I love ladders. I, a Bacher made for me, carved out of a ladder, the Messiah Sesharim, which is built on the Memra, of Tyre, maybe all day, Zahira, Zahira, he carved it beautifully into a ladder. I always like ladders. Life is about climbing, the experience of life. It's not really to get to a certain place. We all have markings, but to be a Ben Ali, like the, the, a person, to be a grown person. So I always appreciate ladders. This Gemara 
is, is one of the greatest teachings I think ever taught, was taught on a ladder, is like, that makes me attracted to this Gemara even more. So let, I want to study quickly Gemara Kedushin Daf Pei Aleph. The Gemara Daf Pei Aleph, I'll try to read a little inside, but I did forget my reading glasses. The Gemara says the story about Am, Rav Amram Chasidah. A story of Amram Chasidah. And the Gemara says that there were captives that were brought, they, they, they had redeemed captives, Yiddish captives, and there were Nashim, there were women who had been captured and freed, and they brought them, Rav Amram Chasidah was a known Sadak, and they stayed upstairs in his, his, in his house, they stayed upstairs. And there was no entranceway from his apartment to their apartment. And this way, the Nashim stayed upstairs in Rav Amram Chasidah's house. The Gemara says, remarkably, he had a taifa, nafla nura ba'puma, and Rav Amram picks up a ladder that it says, ten men, ten men couldn't have moved this ladder, but he had an Isayan, he had, a, he had a, an Isayan, and he moved the ladder to climb up the ladder to go up to do an Averim. And Rav Amram Chassidah starts climbing the ladder to do an Averim, and, and, he, and he decides, he, he's, he's trying to be kindish, he's trying to fight, he buckles his feet, and he's trying to fight, but the Yetzirah is very strong. Finally, Rav Amram Chassidah screams out, the Gemara says Rav Amram screams out, Rama Kali raises his voice, says, Nura Bey Amram, there's a fire in the house of Rav Amram, there's a fire in the house of Rav Amram. So us Rabbanan, the Rabbanan came, everybody runs in to Rav Amram Chassidus. He's screaming, fire, fire, fire. So people run into Rav Amram Chassidus' house, the fire. And they come in the house, and Rav Amram Chassidus standing on a ladder. Everybody knew why he's on that ladder. They know where he's headed, the whole community. And his Talmidim, you could pick out who is Talmidim, they are the red, the ones who look like tomatoes are his Talmidim. You could picture they've been telling everybody, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, my Rebbe. Talking about a Rebbe, I speak about my Rebbe my whole life. My Rebbe. And you can imagine if Amram Hasidah's students spoke about their Rebbe, and they all run into his house, fire, fire, and they run in, and there's a huge crowd, and Rav Amram Hasidah's on the ladder, and the Talmidim are red-faced, they're mamish, embarrassed, they're so shamed. And they say to Rav Amram Chassidah, You've embarrassed us. Rebbe, you shamed us. We're so embarrassed. And they asked the Rebbe, you, emba- you embarrassed us. And he responds, Mutab, it's better. The house of Amram should be embarrassed in this world. And you shouldn't be embarrassed for the next world. Now I have a question. What was their taina? Rebbe, you embarrassed us. I asked Gedeim this question. What was the other choice? You embarrassed us. Elamai what? Elamai what? They said, Rebbe, you embarrassed us. What's the other choice? He obviously was on his way to an affair. His only way to stop was to get a crowd in the house. And it caused him not to be nishal. So what's their time? The Rebbe, you embarrassed us. I hear. I, 
But, but what? Obviously, he needed to do this, not to do the Avera. So what's the taina? They said to him, Rebbe, you embarrassed us. Forget his terrets. What's their kasha? Obviously, he needed this to stop. Is before in the Gemara, and I saw some of the speak it out, that he had other ways not to do the Avera. He had other ways. Later on, he says, the Shem Hashem, and the, and the Yetzirah goes away. So he had other options from their cash Rebbe, who embarrassed us. It's Mivur. If there was no other Yetzirah, so Elomai what? Rebbe, you should have done in Avera. He had no choice. The Territ says there was another Yetzirah. So what's his title? Better you're embarrassed in this world, but we can be, and not be embarrassed but we can be embarrassed in either. What's his, if there was another way, then what's his answer? And I want to say that Rav Amram's Chassidah's answer was as follows. He had other answers, and he said, I bedafka did this way, because I want to teach you to care about truth. When he's saying a future world, I don't, there's no, he doesn't mean, well, later on, there's a world, there's a, there's a mitzvah of a world called Emes. And he said to his Talmidim that I want to teach you to choose that which is true over that which is perception, that which it appears. And I think a huge thing in Chinuch, Rev, 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 Rev Hutner, I was not Zaycha to learn by, but I have friends who learned by Rev Hutner. And my friends told me from Pekadshe, from his holy mouth, that he used to say, a yeshiva has to be a factory, not a showroom. A factory is not supposed to look pretty. You can't make yeshivas look pretty. It's very, very dangerous. Very, remarkably dangerous that a yeshiva has to look pretty. Unbelievably dangerous. Many of us are working in yeshivas. So, and I'm not talking about things are hefker. There's a structure for sure. But we can sell out truth for perception. And Rav Amram Chassidah from his ladder, the teaching to me is electric. He told his Talmidim, they're all embarrassed, Rebbe, they're shamed. And he said that I want to teach you that there's an emes, there's, a, there's truth, there's an alma da'asim. There's a world to come, there's eternity. And better that, that, we, that we forget how it looks now, what's this one saying, what's that one saying, for the truth. Reputation matters. Reputation matters a lot. Where mitzvah and the Torah, v'yisem nekiyah me'ashem u'me Yisrael, a yid is mechoyiv to care about reputation. If you ever see a rub, well, well, in the middle of a shiar, make a shahakal, get a drink, and not make a bracha. So he says, Rabbi say, I made a shahakal already. Why does he do that? I come from a Nevardic background. My Rebbe, his wife is a great-granddaughter, the altar of Nevardic, and my Rebbe is one of the last Nevardicos in the world. I look at it in his chavah. There were other Nevardic yeshivas that were very unique. In, again, there's different styles. Everybody has a different messiah. I come from a very Nevardic world. Where I come from, a Nevardic had a tremendous emphasis on not being, so, not being so worried what people think. Now, we're all human. I'm standing here hoping, I hope this sounds normal, I care what you think. But Nevardic taught, and my Rebbe live this and taught this to us, they do pu'ulis, what was called actions, to really work on not being so shackled by what people think. Now you're supposed to care what people think. You're mitzvah. You're, we're mitzvah. The yisem nekiyam me'ashem me yisrael. A yid has to be a nuk, it has to be understood. It's not enough to be right. We have to be understood. And it matters what people think. 
part of connecting to people, and we care, and we're built that way by Hashem. We're supposed to care what people think, because it was supposed to be more of menabrias, so of course it matters what people think. But when we put what people think over what's true, it's very dangerous. When we put it in its wrong place, things have importance. Everything has importance. It's important to eat, but eating has to be in its place. It's important to sleep, but everything is b'mkaymay. It matters what people think, but the Alter of Nevaradik was very concerned that people were shackled from doing what's right and what's true, because perception. And he taught to care about the truth over perception. And in yeshiva, bidafka, bidafka, we, we are. We want people to like our yeshiva. We want the customer. We want Bachram to come. So we, of course we have to strive to be understood. In halacha, if you ever have a heter to speak lush and hurry, you mitzvah, you don't just say, I'm doing what's right. Who cares what other people think? You mitzvah to explain your heter. If you're drinking, you have to say, Abay, so I made a shakal already. Because v'yisem nikiyem Hashem me Yisrael. There's a Gemara sukkah. The Gemara says Amirayim was sleeping out in the sukkah, and it says Amri they announce Shluchei Mitzvah Nan. Why they tell people they're Shluchei Mitzvah? Amri they announce what they announce Shluchei Mitzvah Nan because Yemuchayev they weren't insecure people sleep outside if people think you're not so from so what? But Yemuchayev to be understood it's a Chayev to be understood. That being said, Nevardik taught to relish and to care about what's true over perception. And Rev. Amram Chassidah's teaching from the latter, it fires me up. That he said to his Talmudim, they said, Rebbe, you embarrassed us, you had other eitzes. But he said, I want to teach you what's true. We're gonna, here we're doing what's eternal. So we're not taking votes, what, what are people going to say? He's, he's halfway up the ladder. <laughs> what the Talmudim, they're in the room that Rebbe had... That talk, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, and he's halfway up the ladder. I would only learn by such a Rebbe. He drew me to his yeshiva. From that ladder, that's the only Rebbe I would go to. Because he taught the Talmudim that in this place, in our base Medrash, we're going to study what's emes, what's true, and we're going to put in its right place what, how others say it. So how Rev. Amram devoting what people on the block would say, that for sure many people who were not sending to Rev. Amram's base medrash, for sure after that. It wasn't like, well, you want to go learn by Rev. Amram. But there were guys like me, I would enroll myself and my kids, we'd run there right away. That's the only yeshiva I would go. So I wanted to share this teaching of Rev. Amram in the start of our conversation, because everything has to be based on MS, on the Alma the Asid, on that which is eternal, that which is forever. And there are times we have to do what's right and true and put aside how it appears, what are others going to say. I had a bachar come to yeshiva. He came, he was the most able guy. White shirt, beautiful. He graduated long flowing hair. He didn't have a yarmulke when he graduated. So he has a cousin who's a rebbe. And when he sees me, he's a rabbinic figure, his cousin. He likes, whenever he sees me at weddings, he goes like this about his nephew. His cousin, his nephew. He says his name. So I always, I just shake my head. If his cousin didn't tell him his story, I'm not going to tell him his story. Now, the truth is his cousin's story, it's a nace, he's alive. He was taken advantage of for two years by a caregiver, for two years in very, very dangerous, in very unhealthy ways. He went through a severe, severe trauma. It's a nace, he's alive. He's 27 today and from. 
And when he graduated, he was much more of an Eved Hashem than when he came in. When he came in, no shaykhs, he wasn't the Maimon. He graduated a Maimon Bashem. I can't play for his cousin, I can't. I, you can't do everything. I want his cousin to understand, but I, I'm not going to tell his cousin his story if he's not want, willing to tell his cousin his story. So his cousin said, oh, my cousin, say, say there. Mutav, that you're embarrassed by Al-Mahadein, but there's an emes. His cousin today is from, and even that relative, that rabbinic relative, sees he's from today. What he credits is his decision. But it's very important in Chinuch, we're talking about Nishamas in Arbe's Medrash. I think we have Amram Hasidah from his perch on the ladder. I love that he said this shear on the ladder. And from the ladder, he taught all of us, anybody in Chinuch, involved in, in teaching, he said in Bey Amram's Beis Medrash, this was taught that the MS has to take precedence over the way people see it. And he says, Muta, that you're embarrassed in this world. There probably were other ways he could have saved himself. But he wanted in his Beis Medrash that this was understood, that what we focus on here is the MS, is eternity. And even sometimes we sacrifice. Others don't understand. Say there. Say they'll yet understand. They'll yet come along. But we focus in this space medrash on eternity. That's where I'm in. I had an interesting story. I never told you this, Yaakov. I went to Eretz Yisrael to Tzvat with my wife last summer. And we were Zeichel. We had a day. We got to Davin for the day. We went to a lot of farm. I was at a kever. And I, I dabbed by the Basai, and I, I, I felt very makushered, and I dabbed by the Basai. I came right out of the Basai in Skever, and right there, I see Rav Amram Hasidah. I, I, I dabbed there, such tefillahs. I found out later he was a Rav in Europe, and it made no sense. It said, Rav the Kila Kedoshis. I had a cash at the time, that's why I researched. It's a different Rav Amram Hasidah. But he has the same name. It brought Phyllis out of me. That <laughs> I doubt it. You can look right near the Bar Science Kever in Eretz Yisrael. There's a Rav Amram Chasida. It said on the Kever, Rav the Kilukdash. I'm like, we don't know where Rav Amram Chasida was the Rav. It turned out there was a Rav Amram Chasida as a Rav in Europe. Just that he has the same name. I'm sure he's a tzaddik. I had some of the best Phyllis in my life by his Kever, Rav Amram Chasida. It's a different, you can check right near the Bar Science. In a cave, the Basai, right nearby in Svas, is this Rav, a different Rav Amram Chasidov. I'm sure Big Tzaddik as well. This is the first thing. I want to I wanna say that, that, that I want to tell you a story that happened to me, an incredible story of Ashkoch that happened to me. I'm here with a friend, I'm here with Yaakov today, where by me it's very important. I once was asked to speak to Mechanchim, and I came with 15 guys. And I didn't know they advertised, it was at a hotel, like no kids allowed or something. Now, by me, I'll never speak to Mechanchim without, without my kids there. My kids are in yeshiva by me. I don't, there are no tricks in Chinuch. I don't like speaking to parents without my kids there. If a sheer Mechanchim, my sons would come. I'm here, Yaakov's Kedem, Ke'ach is, is my brother, is here. There are no Chinuch no tricks. Anything that's a trick, I don't want to hear. I'm not interested. Our, our, all of our Talmidim could sit in the room, their values and ideas for parents, for rebellion, they know any trick is just, is just they're truths. They're truths of life, and we grab on to truths. If, if they're tricks, any share that our children shouldn't be there and our Talmud shouldn't be there, I don't want to be part of. To me, a share is ideas and values and truths, so then our Talmidim could be sitting here. Even I say the word our Talmidim is very, very difficult for me. 
I don't in my life, I cannot never in my life say it. Yaakov's my friend, we're, we're friends. It's, there's an, Yaakov's bigger than me. I don't, there's a world of truth. We, a Bachar comes in a world, in an honest world. We're all human, we're trying. We're trying to serve Hashem, trying to grow. We don't know who's a bigger neshama. And I'll tell you, Amaisa, there's a true, incredible story. We have a Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael together. We had this year, we do every year. And we're hundreds of guys together. We were giving out Siddurim, Reb Tzvi, at the Shabbos. We had a Siddur in front of each guy that we were giving out. So my partner, I asked, we didn't have to, we were supposed to write a letter in the Siddur. Life's very, very hectic. So we asked, I hope this is not too fake, but we asked somebody in the office, could you write the letter, a nice letter to the Hebron, we'll sign it. Just to stand a letter, oh, we're happy you're here for Shabbos Kishmak, okay? I would have liked to write the letter. I don't write myself, but I, I could have dictated or typed the letter. There wasn't time. This person wrote a letter, and we were going to sign it. When I see the letter, it said, Dear Lekavet Talmidim or Dear Talmidim. I said the whole letter was great. Just switch it to Dear Hevra. I don't like the word Talmidim. Now, we say Talmidim, and I don't, people say Talmidim, I respect that. It's very important because we have to accept the role. Somebody called you Rebbe, you, you were asked to be a Rebbe, so we say our Talmidim, and I hear people say Talmidim, full respect. They're taking ownership, we have Talmidim, but I'm afraid Talmidim, like, it's, it's, there's a certain arrogance. Rebbe, I'm meeting Rebbe Yonason, he's bigger than me. I see he's a big person, he says, Rebbe, Rebbe. <laughs> I should say, Rabbi, I, I have a friend, Rabbi Yaakov Metz. He's a very, very big person. Shas illuminated, he does. He, I rise, he started. He's a person who's been through Shas Be'il. He says, Rabbi, I cringe. He's much bigger. He's a much bigger person. The way it works, he says, Rabbi, I hear, I hear, I hear. See, see he, he's, he can, you know, the Seder. But to say somebody's Talmidim is, is hard for me. It's, it's a shver azach, mechatesi. Anyway, we have a fourth grade kid, a big soul. There's a world of MS. We don't know. We don't know. A person's struggling. A guy comes who's struggling. You meet somebody. You know, we don't know. We don't know. I was walking with a Bachar. It was after Yaakov left. There was a Bachar in Yeshivas this year. It's early. No, it was actually last year. There was a guy in Yeshiva, a very special guy. And in the middle of the night, Friday night, he was going. He was having some, he was having a difficulty with other guys. He lost his cool, and the dorm counselors woke me up four in the morning. to get a knock on my apartment. They woke me up. They couldn't. I remember the dorm counselor woke me up. He's grabbed the wolf. He had blood on his on his undershirt. He was holding the guy down. I don't know if he was bleeding. He was the bacher was out of control. So he woke me up at four. I walked with the guy from four to seven, Lael Shabbos, and he was telling me his life story. He showed me, he has a notebook, this bachar of letters that he wrote to Hashem. Letters to God. He has a notebook. 17-year-old kid who's been through Yisurim Nairam. He has a notebook of letters to Hashem. I have no notebook of letters to Hashem. And certainly when I was 17, I said to him, I was like, whoa. I said to him, listen, you're close to Hashem. You work on making me from. I'm going to work on helping you get healthy. I said, I can help you get healthy. You help me get from. So Talmidim, you don't know the guy, the letters that he wrote to Hashem. He, wrote, he showed me his letters. He wrote to Hashem and anybody. It was nifla, amazing. So I told them to switch the letter. Don't say Talmidim, Chevron. That's what I told them. So the they write on the Siddurim, Dear Chevron. The first speech, it's Leil Shabbos. 
We're at a suda. Everybody has a siddur that's been switched from dear Talmidim to dear Hever. The first speaker says over, the first speaker who didn't know about the siddurim, didn't know about the, the letter, what it said in the letter, no shaykhs. The first speaker, he says, that I want to tell you a story through a Kivega. I subsequently have seen this letter. Could be many of you have seen this letter. A Kivega writes a letter to his kids. The first speaker Friday night with everybody a there in front of them that originally said, Dear Talmidim, and was switched to Dear Hevra, he says there, Kivega told his kids that if you ever see a letter from me, and it's addressed to a Talmud. You know, I didn't write it, it was switched. Because I would never call a student a Talmud. I never call a student a Talmud. So if you ever, he writes to his children, if you ever, and the first speaker that Friday night, who knew not, not about the story, not about the, said over this, or Kiveger. So in general, the word to say Talmudim is a, is a very strong word. Now, Lemaisa, the Gemara in, in Makkah stuff, Yod says as follows. The Gemara says that Harbalamati, famous Gemara Harbalamati Miraboisai, Mechavera Yaisme Talmid Yaisme Kulam. I always struggled with that Gemara. I like real. And I always, really, come on. Mitalmida is a Rebbe is magic. My Rebbe means the world to me. He should have Rafua Shlema. He changed my life, my Rebbe. He gave me, he gave me anything I have, everything I have. My father's my Rebbe as well. I once. Recently, I traveled with my father for nine hours in the car. When I came home, I told my wife, I don't have anything of my own. It all belongs to my father. I don't have anything. I listened for nine hours. I said, everything I have is from my father. A Rebbe is magic. And you say, really, do you believe that? I don't like people just quote this. Chazal means something. Really? Really? Come on. Talmidim are wonderful. You Really? I, I was in many years ago, 20 years ago, I learned with three couples that were gay and we would learn once a week. And I would learn with these couples, I would quote the very Torah. I'd quote her, Kivager, I would quote the very Torah. And I saw to a chevra like this, if you quote, you say it very Torah, you quote the Godol, so people move a little forward, they perk up, oh, Geshmak, Kalish is told, okay, he quoted Kivager, you quote somebody, Geshmak, people perk up. By then, if I quoted my Aunt Lily, who I quoted the Rashba, meant no difference, it meant nothing to them, zero, zero. Say, the Rashba said, it doesn't, they don't care, it didn't mean anything, they were new, and it didn't mean anything. And I started asking myself, how do I get it to be magic to them? I wanted to hear Kivaker. Like, I hear Kivaker. So I asked myself, why is it Kivaker? On it, in deep in, why does it matter to me? Why inside am I excited when I hear a verse where Kivaker didn't want to say it me? But that matters. Why does it matter to me? Why is it magic to me? I was thinking to myself that I want these three couples to be excited to hear but I want them to be excited. It should mean something. There was what to learn from them that they only cared about the Dvar Chachma. Tremendous amounts to learn from that. That's amazing. There's actually a Baruch Shamar. There's a Baruch, I'm going to forget where I'm headed with this. But there's a Baruch Shamar. the and it's his nephew, he says, Givaldig, he asks, he asks on Rabbi Shayapik that one Chazal says, who's a Chacham, Harayas and Noilad? And another Chazal said, who's a Chacham, Haloymid Mikoladam? And Rabbi Shayapik is Mitzayin, the two Chazals together. 
But that contradiction, one says a Chacham sees the future, and one says is Loimid Mikol Adam. So he says, Baruch Shama writes, that I don't know if Reb Shayapik meant this, could be just a mistake, he writes, but the Ashkocha had him say this, because he said they're both the same thing. Raya Sanoilad means you see the Noilad is what was giving birth to, not the Mailad. You look at the statement, you don't look at who said the statement. That's the mid of Laimid Mikaladam. Because you don't care who said it, you just care what was said. That's Raya Sanoilad. You see what was given birth to, you don't look at the Mailad. You don't look at who gave birth to it, you see the So they taught me that these couples, they were into the statement, it doesn't matter who said it. That was tremendous to learn from them. But I wanted them to, to find it magical, words of Ahreim or Mishayim. And I asked myself, why is it magical to me? And the answer is because my Rebbe is magic to me. And my Rebbe learned by Rav Aaron Cutler for many years. Rav Aaron was his Rebbe. My Rebbe spoke about Rav Aaron till today when I sing the song Lulei Sarascha. Rav Aaron used to ask my Rebbe to sing Lulei Sarascha. My Rebbe has a beautiful voice. And if Aaron would ask him to sing Lulei Sarascha, if Aaron loved that song. When my Rebbe sings Lulei Sarascha, he's not on this planet. He, he, he just takes off. He's with his Rebbe, Rav Aaron. So my Rebbe spoke about Rav Aaron was magical. My Rebbe was Zaycha to learn by many, many Torah giants and spoke about his Rebbe. And Rav Aaron had a Rebbe, the altar, and the altar had a Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael. Rav Kel, Rav Yisrael, Rav Yisrael, Rav Zondel, Rav Zondel was Rav Chaim Balash, Rav Chaim was Migra. So earlier Dairis are magical to me. I remember the way Rav Chaim Brim spoke about the Chazanish. The way he spoke to us about, to us Rav Chaim Brim was, was otherworldly and he spoke about the Chazanish. So you go back Dairis, so it's magical. The only way it will be magical, I put to myself, these couples, if they find a Rebbe, who's magical to them. Who, 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 what he lives is, wow, they're like excited by it. So Rebbe hands us, my Rebbe gave me that the rash was magical. Really? My Rebbe gave me that when I see a Sam Seifer, I'm excited. What is it? Now, if Talmidim just means that we give over information, then I can't be Yayim. But if we really want to share and want to connect, and want to light a fire, then I can understand me. I want to share things today that I learned from guys that changed my life. I, I probably would put a harvey in the mouth of Rabbi Yisrael. I want to share today honest things that I learned from the guys that literally, that literally changed my life. I rarely write. I don't write. I don't even pre- I prepare shiur, but I don't write it over. I wrote out to myself that three things that I want to share with you, three specific things that I want to share with you to, that, that, that guys changed my life. And I want to, I want to talk about it and see, we, you know, a talk like as follows. I look in yeshiva and I see guys struggle with Shabbos. There are guys who struggle with Shabbos and I want the guys to keep Shabbos. Shabbos is precious and I want it. And I ask myself, how do I get, how do I, how? And I try different things. And the only way to hand somebody Shabbos, the only, the only is to plug in ourselves. But really plug in. Shabbos has to be, I always like Shabbos. I had a beautiful Shabbos. My father sang Zemiris. 
Shabbos always meant something. Shabbos came, but I need to plug in harder and stronger. And I see today's generation is craving that some connection, relationship. I grew up in a world we didn't do a lot of emotions. I didn't know a lot about emotions. That's how I grew up. And Baruch Hashem, my father encouraged me. We learned Mesechtas. I remember asking my father, Kasha and Yitten. He told me, till you learn it ten times, there's no such thing as a Kasha. A Kasha on a Mesechta, Chazer. So I finished the ten. Then I asked him, I got Mesechta. He pushed. And, and I grew up in a world not, not, not making fun. I, we only stand on their shoulders. But people didn't do emotions a lot. There were reasons, and the giants, giants, and that they're perfect, perfection, doing what their avayda was. I didn't know a lot about feelings. I knew about fighting forward, doing more, trying harder, try, push. There's a generation today that wants to feel and connect. And the only way to hand Shabbos is that you profoundly connect Shabbos. There is no other way. And I learned about connection, about feeling, I used to think, when I, when I looked for Divrei Torah, I always was connected to Divrei Torah that told me what to do. I wanted to divide Torah, what do I do on Shabbos? What do I do on Pesach? Because it's about me doing. What I learned from guys, today I love Divrei Torah on what Shabbos is. What Shabbos is. And I want to explain it that of course there's fight, of course there's Kvisha Sayyetzer. But it's not the pshat that we're all empty, we're tin cans, and we try to like, I thought that if you learn and you daven, you're good, and if you don't learn and daven, you're not good. That's what I thought before I met guys. I thought you're good, if you learn and daven, you're good. If you listen to, if you do the mitzvahs, you're good. If not, you're not good. I learned from the guys that Sheker, it's Sheker, it's a lie. A person is a fire, is a soul. A person is huge. Today I learn and daven because I'm good. We have a netia, we have a mashicha towards learning and davening. And I saw this 100% from guys. That not I learn and daven so I'm good. I learn and daven because I'm good. I, I, I keep Shabbos, my soul craves Shabbos. Am I always in touch with that craving? No. But my soul craves Shabbos. There's such a thing, it craves Shabbos. I learned from, I learned, I love the very Torah that describe what Shabbos is. We are not fighting. It's not the shot we're tin cans and we're fighting. Maybe I could be something. We're holy and we have a Meshicha to Ruchnius. Hashem built us right. He created souls. Of course, they're Rabbim Amarchikim, Imenu Yisbarach. Of course, they're Nisiyainis. The Pasuk doesn't say Adam is, is Ramin Urav. Yetzer Leva Adam Ramin Urav. A person is fire. A person is a huge soul. Every person. We are not fighting our system. We're in sync with our system. Shabbos is a powerful force. We can tap into that which is powerful. I want to tell you a Misa. I want to tell you a Misa. I like today studying what's Shabbos, what's Yom Kippur, what's Pesach. Of course I still want to return what I can do. But I'm not working against the system. Hashem, Tom and Paul, of this, Hashem created a great system. He created us a fire and he created Yiddishkeit and we could be in sync with it. We are not fighting ourselves, we're working with ourselves. 
So I like studying what Shabbos is, and then I can plug in to that which is. I'll tell you a Misa. There was a guy in Yeshiv who had serious Amuna Shailas. Like very, very serious Amuna Shailas he had. And this, um, this Bach, we, we had spoken, he was a very intelligent guy. We'd spoken hours and hours, and he had serious Shailas. We were going back and forth, talking, studying a lot. He was trying to solve a lot intellectually. If you know, I don't know if people here are into the Enneagram. There's a five personality type that are very cerebral. It's they get safe, like thinking through things. Five struggle a lot with nihilism. Am I real? Are you real? Because they want to like think through everything. A lot of Yiddishkeit in a lot of life is being present. You can know things deeper than your brain. The brain is amazing, but you can experience the best connections to Hashem are experienced. Our experienced connection. Two Bachram and Yeshiv had a conversation. Two guys, they told me over the conversation. One guy said to the other, I struggle with Hamuna. So the other guy said back, they both love their Rebbe, our Glazer. So the other guy said back, he said to the guy, he said, do you ever feel bad for Rebbe? They said, what are you talking about? Rebbe is an amazing husband, father, amazing person. So he said, what are you talking about? So he said, I'm calling calling you out. You're saying you have Amuna problems. If you're not a Maimon, you should feel terrible. Rebbe's crazy, he's out of his mind. You should feel badly for him. If, if, if Vivaid that, that you have a problems, he's living his life as a Meshuggah. Now you could say they discussed it. You could say, okay, he's living as a Meshuggah, but Chachi's happy. But he said, if you saw a guy who banged his head against the wall all day, you wouldn't say Chachi's happy. You'd feel badly for the guy. He's nuts. He's crazy. If that gives you happiness, you're delusional. He said, you don't for a minute feel badly for Rebbe. So he, he, they both thought about it and he said, you're right. You know what they both decided? Because they have Emunah. Because you can experience Hashem. He didn't feel bad. He was saying, I have Emunah. He meant in his brain, he couldn't wrap around. I can't wrap my mind around Yediyah Bechira either. He was trying to like think that it's above our head. Yet I know, yet I know, you can experience something. You can feel and experience something. I forgot where I was going with that, Yaakov. <laughs> okay, but it's still... It's... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was, that's, that's where I was going. So this guy had Amuna problems. I was telling you a story. So this Bachar had Amuna problems. And a lot was based, he wanted to think through it. He has to learn. A lot of people, you have to get them. You're not telling a guy not to think. But experience also. Experience. Experience is very important. It's often, I trust a lot gut. I'm very into gut because there's something more than the, the mind. The mind is great. If I have a certain gut to call a bacher, I call him on the spot. And I've had nisim. I've had hundreds of stories. If Hashem puts a gut, you, you go, your gut matters. Your gut matters. I was speaking a year ago. I was speaking somewhere and I had a gut. A story happened to me 30 years before. I was a youngster, 35 years before with a certain lady, a certain lady at a hotel, and I asked my wife, she's smarter than me, if I could say over the story. She said, probably don't say it over. My wife's smart. I said, okay. Then my gut said, you have to say it. So I went back, I said, my, she knows, she said, okay, say it. 
I said, I don't know the lady's name. I called my mother. I asked her the lady's name. I had a gut. I was giving a share. That I have a gut I have to say. I have no idea why. But something inside of me said, you have to say the story. It wasn't a great story. I have to say this. So I said the story. That night, I gave a share. So I, I said the story. Her anical, her grandchild. I hadn't seen this person in 35 years. I didn't know. They were in Eilu Mabba. They were in Eilu Mabba. The anical calls me the next day. She said, it was so nice that you spoke about my grandmother on her yard set. But that, it was a gut. I don't know why. It was just, there's much more than our mind. We all have more than our minds. We all have more than our minds. This guy was very in his mind and had Amuna problems. Came Yom Kippur. I, the only time, I'm there every Shabbos with the Shavuos Rosh Hashanah together. Yom Kippur, I go to my shul. And the Bachram are in Yeshiv and I was parting from this Bachar. He's a very sincere guy. He, had, he was going to fast. He wasn't going to do any malach, but he had no plans to daven. He's not faking, he can't daven. He's a monashem. So he stayed in Kippur in Yeshiva. I was very worried about him. Might say Shabbos, might see him Kippur, I see him. I was worried what was his Yom Kippur going to look like. He was a different person. Ada Yoimazah is a different person. Ada Yoimazah. Not a. I said, what happened? I saw him. I said, what happened? So I'll tell you what happened. He said, I come to shul 2 o'clock. He slept late at Tzaddik. He slept late. He didn't want to do malach. He doesn't want to eat. So he slept late. He shouldn't have any nisiyayas. 2 o'clock he came to shul. He comes to shul. Da'ilum stavenik. It's okay. He's not a bad person. He gets to the Hashemnus. He's been daven. And he's going to say Hashemnus and he can't go weiter. He's like, he said to himself, say the Hashemnus. Go weiter. Let's go. Can't go weiter. He's stuck. So he says, what, what's going on? He starts thinking, and he bursts out crying, and he starts talking to Hashem. And he says, Hashem, I get that this world you hide, I understand it. That's, I understand in the Sionis that a human being, with, that it's the world called Oilam, Oilam means Helam, I get that you hide. But it's slanted against me, the way you hide from me. What I've been through, he starts crying to Hashem, Describing it slanted what I've been through from young. I didn't I didn't know any better and the pain, the tsar, and I'm supposed to ask you, Michila. I'm you want me now to I'm supposed to say I'm sorry. I'm banging, I'm asking you, Michila. You've hid from me, it's not it's not even and now I'm apologizing to you, Hashem. I, I don't for an hour he's going on and on, crying, tining on Hashem, he's very upset. And I'm supposed to ask you, Mechila. He can't, he, he can't, he can't, Reb Levi Yitzchak by the Lela Seder, famously, by the Lela Seder, he got up to the four caches, and his head went down. We all waited. Went down for 20 minutes. He gets up, he's crying like a baby. He said, four caches, Hashem. I have hundreds of caches. The guy down the blocks in so much pain, Hashem. He starts tiny. I don't have four caches, Hashem. He starts asking caches, Hashem. I know you love us, but I have caches. I have more than four caches. If this Bachar says to Hashem, I have caches. I have a lot of tzern. He then, after crying to Hashem, he says, but I have to admit, I pushed you away also. And I want to apologize. I pushed you away also, Hashem. He starts saying, Hashem knows his chatan, that he pushed Hashem away. It came Mayriv in Yeshiva. It came 2 o'clock. Mayriv, 
the davening my he went up to a rebbe in yeshiva. He said, "Rebbe, I'm handling with God. I'm in the middle. Do I have to daven my? I want to do an avera already." The rebbe said, "Oh, keep talking. Keep <laughs> do, do whatever you do. Keep you. You don't worry. You'll daven my bechidus. You're 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 a He was in the middle. He said, "I'm in the middle of talking to Hashem Meiriv in yeshiva." He came two o'clock. He said, "I'm handling with God. Do I have to daven Meiriv now?" The rebbe he kept going. He kept talking to Hashem. What happened? What happened? We, we had such a good, we had beautiful chazanim. The guy didn't hear one song. What happened? What happened to this bacher? You know what happened? Yom Kippur happened. Yom Kippur is lufnei Hashem. Yom Kippur is lufnei Hashem. It's not, it's not about that we're so geschmack, we sing the right songs. We have, Yom Kippur happened. Yom Kippur happened. Yom Kippur is lufnei Hashem. Which means the Yid can easier experience God. Yom Kippur happened. Shabbos happens. I see in the yeshiva the guys form a kesher to Shabbos. It's filled an honest relationship to Shabbos. You don't have to do something when we know what it is and we can plug in and experience and connect to it. Then it can have a massive, massive impact. It completely changed my life. The guys, what svarim I learn? What svarim pull me and connect me? And I want to say the biggest change. I learned different svarim because of my friends. Like I said, I'm learning more, much more panemius than svarim. What the thing is, because I saw, I come from a generation, behave and be a good boy. And that's what I did. I didn't know what Shabbos was. I knew what I could do on Shabbos. I didn't know what Shabbos was. Today's generation wants to connect deeper than I connected. So I said, be a good guy. Your mom's, so, your mom's crying, you're not from... I want you from, be a good boy. They won't move. Davin, be a nice guy, Davin. I met a bacher. He wouldn't Davin. He'd sit in the shul. He was a Zisa person. He wouldn't Davin. I once showed him Shema. I wasn't being pushy. I know I'm not pushy. Not the I, was, I was literally, he sat in shul for months. And I'm close, very close. He's my son's best friend. He would sit there, not Davin. So I, I said, I showed him Shema. Not, I wasn't, I was like, was geschmack, like, like, not don't do more, say shema, be geschmack. I showed him, after Davinik, he said to me, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that. Now he went through a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of tsar, this guy, today he doesn't miss a tefillah. This Bacher's connection to Shabbos, I've never seen the likes in my life. An honest guy, a comfortable, honest, his connection to Shabbos is neira. It's it's tireless, tefillah, every aspect of a fire. There's a generation that it's not just be a good boy and fight through. I come from a place, fight through. Fight, let's go, geschmack, smile, work through. And I met people who want to feel and connect. The biggest change, so it changes the svarim. I learned that we're good and we have a Mashiach to Ruchnius. I learned that, of course, you can work hard and do things on Shabbos, but you're not fighting Hashem's system. You're working with Hashem's system. So I started to learn what Shabbos is because of my friend. I started to learn what Yom Kippur is. The main thing I learned, and this is the main thing I want to share with everybody here. The main thing I learned is to not be afraid of human frailty. That's the main thing I learned. There's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Mayafe pamayach b'manalayach bas nadiv. It's a pasuk, a beautiful pasuk in Kehelas. The guy in the Umas they see us being <coughs> Eila Regal and we look gorgeous. 
millions of Yidin marching together in unity. We look amazing. And the Goyim say, Mayofe Pamayach, how beautiful are your footsteps. Bas Nadiv, your daughter of Avram Avinu. And Nadiv is a ger. A Bachar and Yeshiva told me. He said, we come from Avram Avinu. Who's the first Nadvin, the first ger. So a Bachar and Yeshiva once very privately told me it's a very embarrassing thing. My father's a ger. I never clarified for this. Really, Rebbe? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Invite him. I, I never clarified we need to cover. Avram Avinu, Avanda. Avanda, Avram Avinu is the Tatas again. We're all, we're all, our fathers all again. My father, too. The Maiset says, the Goyim say, my Yotha Pamayach, you daughter of the Ger of Avram Avinu, your footsteps are gorgeous. But why does it say in your shoes? Now, by me, it, it, these things, I notice these things. I like when guys dress nicely. I'm very bad with clothing. It's just the way it is. Dandruff, like, finds its way onto my jacket. And clothing, my kids have bets when I buy a hat, how quickly it's going to look lopsided. <laughs> my kids, I'm so proud of them. They're all well-dressed. They must get it from their mother. The goddam are important to me. The goddam matter. A person should dress nice. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter cared a lot. But they tell you I should look, should do. Tyra should be so it matters I like that Yaakov dresses well that he looks good it's important my kids Baruch Hashem all dress well Lemaisa when I see a Pasuk or a Chazal about Begadim I perk up maybe because of my challenge with Begadim so shoes it's funny I'll have this old pair of shoes and my wife buys any suit I have my wife gets my kids laugh that, but that's just the way it is she could pick out something nice so she says Daniel you need a new pair of shoes like shoes, what are shoes, man? And she's talking right, a nice pair of shoes. It surprises me always. It's just shoes on our feet. Shoes, mesh also we call tzarkis, our shoes. Shoes matter. So a nice pair of shoes. I like the goyim, they say, they notice the beautiful shoes. It's interesting, B'nai Torah, we tend to be like penguins, black and white. A good Ben Torah could wear a cool pair of shoes. His shoes and his ties are like the most creative things. <laughs> He might have a nice buckle on his shoe. So it's interesting. The guy can point out how beautiful are your footsteps in your shoes. What's the word? That had gusha. Beautiful your footsteps. We watched you march up, singing, dancing, loving each other. What's in your shoes? Now, when we get to the when we get to the destination, we take off our shoes. We go into the harabayas. You're not allowed to wear shoes. So my yafet, I have a, I, I have probably a sense reading. When I give shiurim, I take off my shoes a lot. It makes Bachram laugh. They imitate it. I, I, a lot of times you don't see it on the tape of it. So I take off my shoes and I'm saying shir. So as I hear this, how nice are your footsteps in your shoes? Like, keep on your shoes, Daniel. But they like in our shoes, how beautiful your footsteps. What's in the shoes? Maybe the pshat is what they're saying is not just when you get there. In your shoes is the journey itself is beautiful. Of course, when you get there, it's gorgeous, but the journey is beautiful. I've learned from the guys the beauty of the journey. It's not just, oh, wow, look at him today. I'm Zaych, I got Eretz Yisrael, we have a Shabbos. And I watch guys, the same guy in the base Medrash, we could have a guy, by davening, many guys were very energetic guys. An energetic guy spends his life in shul. Shul represents Shah. Shul is be quiet. That's what shul is. Since he's a kid, he's energy. Shh. So shul is shh. So there are many guys come in. I like them being in the base medrash. A guy's playing a game of checkers. Beseder. Then eventually he's davening. So I went to Eretz Yisrael. The same guy who was playing checkers and shul is davening. 
intensely. He has a safer. He brings a gemara. His yetsahara, like he has to work, not learning during Chazar Sashat. So you see the guys in Eretz Yisrael Shleik. And I do one week, I'm in Yeshiv Bayas, then in Eretz Yisrael. I always want the guys in Eretz Yisrael to remember the days of struggle. Because all our lives, we have struggles. We all struggle. We're human. All of us struggle. What the struggle is changes, and certainly we want to, we're allowed to look a certain way. But I always, when I'm in Durham, in America, I tell the guys the beautiful look of the Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael. When I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I tell the guys the beautiful look of the Shabbos in Durham. I want the guys to remember struggle. And I've learned the beauty and the honesty. I don't know how much a Rebbe should be honest with his own struggles. It's a very big question of mine. Very. I don't have an answer to it. How much does a Rebbe tell his Talmidim? I don't know the answer. But that Talmidim know Rebbe my human also and that struggle that I know has to be. Has to be. That we're human. We're human beings who are working, who are struggling, overcoming. And the main thing I learned from Hever is to, that in that place of finding our own struggle, acknowledging our own challenges, we become great. Of course there's effort, there's Adam Ba'amul Yulad, and there's effort in overcoming, but there's the, also the honesty. I am so blown away by the generation's honesty. A friend of mine came to me, and he said, our kids talked to us. He said, we would never talk to our parents this way. My friend asked me. And I told my friend that you're right. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Our kids talk, and I'm, it's true. I said, were you ever honest with your parents? Do you ever share your insecurities with your parents? I said, our kids, my kids tell me their, their worries, their fears, their nightmares. They talk. Kids today talk. There's the possibility. If people are willing to listen, they talk. And there's a generation that wants to connect in a deep and profound way to Hashem and Torah. They want, they want to understand. It's not just be a good boy and come on, fight harder. They want to understand it. They want to connect to it. They want to feel it. They want to experience it in a, in a profound and deep way. And the opportunity for us to give over to Talmidim, to ourselves, the only way we can give over is connecting to it ourselves, but to share Shabbos with our Talmidim, to share tefillah with our students, to share life, to share the challenges, the possibilities of growth, of overcoming, is a tremendous, tremendous possibility. I think the words, growing up, the important words were, were, were putting in kayak and overcoming and fighting and trying harder. And the important words today are connection, are connection, relationship, meaning by us growing up a masmid, a diligent guy, a smother, fight and be a masmid. I'm so impressed with my kids, they have a connection to Torah. My son, who is a masmid niflu, but it's not, he's not trying to be a masmid. He loves Tyra and learns all day. My other son came to Israel in a minute. He took off and he spent time with my other son. I was so moved because he wasn't trying. It wasn't the streak of Yiddishkeit. It wasn't the streak. It wasn't an identity. I'm a starkei. He loves Tyra. He's connected to Tyra. The Tyra itself teaches him things. When there was a time, it's relationship. He has a profound relationship to Tyra, a secure and profound relationship. There's a generation that's craving relationship. Revolba, after the Six-Day War, Revolba was very precise in his words. 
He went around Teretz Yisrael because people were mekabel. And you know what he summed up the entire Torah? And Revolver was very measured. He called Torah an Olam Hayedidus, a world of friendship. I think it's like, not just Goinus, Revolver was like so ahead of his time, which he was, and he summed up the whole Torah, a world of friendship. An Olam Hayedidus. We have a Rebbe in Yeshiva by us. By us, if... No, no exaggeration. I'm saying, if I said on the last day of yeshiva, one year I got the campus for an extra week, Sashkacha, they rent it out. And I said, whoever wants could stay another week, not a guy left. I, there's a guy here from yeshiva. If I said in the summer, we're not getting off, we'll learn every guy would want to stay, every guy. There's a world relationship. I'm close. I love my Rebbe. I love my Chaverim. I'm connected to Torah and Mitzvahs. It means something to me. Somebody asked me, Akasha on the yeshiva. You teach connection, relationship, but don't you have to do it when you don't feel it also? That's a sophisticated kasha on the yeshiva, very sophisticated. You only get a daffin when you feel it. The answer to that question, of course you have to work on that also. But imagine marriage, all that marriage is, you have to be good to your wife. Is there such a thing called love and relationship? There has to be the essence, because Avram then Yitzchak, Avram first. Avram is the Ava, I love it. There's the thing itself. When there's the thing itself, I do it all the time and I don't feel it. Because there's something called prayer. I know what the essence is when you're talking to your creator, when you're talking to Hashem. There are times I don't feel it, so I have the structure of the relationship. The Baal Shem famously said, every marriage has kesef and shtar. It's not just two ways to be mekadosh and isha. Every marriage, the reason Kesvin Shtar works is because you're tapping into a Bechina of the marriage. So if you do Shtar, there's Shtar in Kedushin. There's Kesvin. <laughs> Kesef is the love. Kesef is the Kisufim, is the gifts. I love. Kesef is Kisufim. Shtar is, what's a Shtar? You say, you promised. Shtar is when you don't feel it. So marriage has the structure, the commitment. You said, you promised. That's the shtar in the relationship. The kesef is the kisofen. So of course you need the shtar, but if there's no kesef, there's no marriage. The shtar aspect allows for the, that, you could, that, that it gives the structure, because we're not always going to be at the place of kesef, of the kisofen. So there's the shtar aspect to the marriage. But this revolver summed up Yiddishkeit as an oilam ayyadidus, a world of closeness, a world of friendship, relationship. There's a whole aspect of Torah and mitzvahs with us connection and relationship. Where it means something to you. Where you're married to this. It's important to me. I have a connection and a relationship to. Uh, can I tell... Uh, I, there were supposed to be questions. I want to I share... So when I was a youngster, I, I always had a tendency, I liked honest speech. I liked when people spoke honestly. And if somebody gave a bar mitzvah put on tefillin, it always bothered me, but only because of the guys I could articulate it today. People would give a bracha to the bar mitzvah boy. The same joy you have today, you should have your whole life. I always thought, did the guy giving the bracha really mean that? Does he have the joy? The bar mitzvah bracha is flying high, putting on tefillin. Do you feel the same joy? So what do you say? You don't even believe it's possible. You don't have that joy. What do you say? I don't like when people say things they don't mean. What are you saying? What's the bracha? And it's obvious, it's, the bracha is not the same joy. The bar mitzvah boy does not have a relationship to his tefillin. You can't have a relationship till you have many. I like the mitzvah tefillin. I've gone through a lot with tefillin. 
There's a Maisa Shahaya. I've been, Tefillin means a lot in my life. All of us spend a lifetime putting up, you put Tefillin on your kids. The greatest days of my life are the days my kids put on Tefillin, the best days of my life. I've put Tefillin on four sons, the best day of my life. I like seeing Bachram and Tefillin. It's a long conversation, but Tefillin. The bracha to the bar mitzvah boys, today you're excited, that's wonderful. And by the way, you'll have moments in your life, you know, giving him a bracha he should be excited is telling him he should lose his tefillin. Because if he loses it for a month and finds it, he'll have the same excitement. Sometimes after a Pesach, you haven't put on a while. The real bracha is today you're excited, great. You should develop a relationship to tefillin. That's only from years. A relationship, you look at your tefillin, you go on a family trip, you just count, I make sure all my kids are there and four pairs of tefillin. Six kids, four pairs of tefillin. You have a relationship that tefillin matter to you. You're connected to them. You have experience with them. The bracha to the bar mitzvah boy is the excitement you have today should become a connection and a relationship. And I've learned from the guys today about a connection, a profound connection to Torah and mitzvahs. That certainly we have effort and we put in effort, but Hashem created, we are good, we have raging souls. He created a Shabbos that's a fire, tefillin that's, tefillin, I like studying what are tefillin, what are tzitzis, what is it? And then I could plug into that, which is, and I think the opportunity we will have of chinuch. If you came here today for classroom advice, that's not, what, that's not what I want to study. What I want to study is the opportunity in Chinuch and Mitalmida Yosemikulam is if we really want to hand something to today's generation, it has to be a fire to ourselves, a world of connection and relationship ourselves, and then we have the possibility of handing that to our students. We are tired, could be, could be, could be something precious. The people come to speak and you should, what should I speak about? Whatever lights your soul on fire. So whatever topic, that, there's no place in Torah. Yes, like what's going to work to do Kirov? Which safer should I pull out? You could pull out Mishnayis Kalim, you could learn Oksin, you could learn just something that it matters to you, the Dvar Hashem that, that, that you feel that you connect to, you share that with somebody else. People today want to connect deeply. The kids of today, there's a revolution out there. They don't just want to keep Shabbos. The guy, I discovered that the guy himself was struggling to keep. He's making a macha. He doesn't just want to be a good boy. Be good, I don't get it. Like, be a good boy. It works. I did that. I don't know. My mom's so proud. I, you get, like, good rewards at graduation. I know. They want a connection to I want it to be fire to me. I want to relate to it. I want to experience it. They want it deeper. The generation of today wants a connection. They're craving connection. They're craving that. The Talmidei Kulams, if we really want to hand over something real, if we just want to teach information, if a guy's teaching science and math, there's no such vart with Talmidei There's no vart that's going to change our lives. But if I want to something that's, that's fire to this person, I want to impart that, so then I have to ask myself real questions. And it causes us to evolve and change. And the opportunity to teach our own Talmidim, to teach at any level, this is from first grade, twelfth grade, everything in between, is to give real relationship. People want to talk today, conversation. I think the main time for Rebbeim is by recess to talk. That's, I spend about ten, I used to say, she, I no longer say Gemara Shir, I miss it a lot, miss it a lot, but I, it's, it's what I think that guys need conversation. I spend 10, 11 hours a day, 
An honest 10 or 11 hours a day talking to guys in conversation. Real, healthy, honest conversation. They talk real and I try to talk real. It's changed my life. It's changed my connection to Hashem. It's changed my connection to Fila changes. You learn about we're all very human. I don't hear guys say things and I say to myself, well, I don't relate to that. I do relate to that. I just was very good at covering it up. Very good. And I'm starting. I'm starting to feel more. I'm starting to connect more. And the possibility of teaching Tyre for us all to give over to Talmidim is to connect. The word connection. Have honest conversation. Connect honestly to Tyre, to Tefillah. Honestly. In every parasha we could share, in every aspect of Yiddishka, we could share swaras that we really believe in. That's the Dvar Hashem that resonates by us as the Dvar Hashem, we could then hand the generation Shabbos and Tefillah and things. That's the way we can hand. Revol was summed up Yiddishkeit in Olam HaYedidus. Summed up Torah, world of connection, of Yedidus, Yad Yad of friendship. That's the possibility of giving over Torah today. The, the youth, I, I, I've come here, I'm amazed. They're leif patuach. People are open. Give over, we have, we have the goods. We have Tyre, we have myths, we have that which is eternal. We have to connect ourselves. We can hand Shabbos to somebody. We have to up our own connection to Shabbos, studying what it is. I'm a Levi. Leviim on Shabbos sing the, the song of Shabbos' Tevlahidis Lashem. I used to think, listen to Yaakov the way I used to be till I met the Chavra. I thought that the task on Shabbos is to thank Hashem. That's the song us Leviim sing. So thank Hashem. I've learned from the Chavre of Yonison that Shabbos is a world where you see the goodness of Hashem. That's what Shabbos is. The song of Shabbos is because Shabbos is a universe where from that perch you just see the goodness of Hashem. It's a day of clarity. Shabbos is Mesodol. This guy knew nothing, this guy on his own, from his own studying, a normal person who doesn't, who wouldn't, came into yeshiva, wouldn't open a siddur. When I showed him Shema, said, don't do that again. Do you know he figured out on his own? I, this guy, before Shabbos, he says to Hashem, he reads him all his problems. Before Shabbos Kaddish, on Friday, he's ready very early for Shabbos. He reads a list. He writes down all his problems. He says to Hashem, I'm giving you all my problems. I'm going into Shabbos just with you. And on Shabbos, he has no problems. He just sits with Hashem. He hands on, Hashem is He throws to Hashem all his problems before Shabbos. A normal, cool teenager. Goes into Shabbos Kaddish and he, and he sits with Hashem. The song of Shabbos is is not just the avayda of Shabbos is to say thank. The possibility of Shabbos tapping into Shabbos is a day that's misogopal. Isn't Hashem kind? And you experience the kindness of Hashem. Of course we could then do such an avayda because we're tapping into that which today is misogopal is built for, but all of a sudden we're in sync with the system. We're not fighting ourselves. We're not fighting the system. We're in sync with the system. 
That I all learned from guys. So I wanted to, as, as Mechanch and as Rebbeim, I wanted to share this story with the Hebra. It's, it's to me a world of feeling, of connection, of honesty, of looking into ourselves, not being afraid of our frailty, our humanness, but actually in that place and from that place, attaching to Hashem, attaching to His Torah, attaching to His mitzvahs. So I wanted to share this with the Hebra. If there are any questions, we have a couple of minutes. Yes. Sorry, yeah. So the Rosh spoke about plugging into Shabbos. Now I know for myself, what does that actually mean? Like practically, we all enjoy. We sit there with the family, sing mirrors, eat good food. What does the Rosh mean about plugging into Shabbos? I say first of all, learn that the, I'll tell you there are svarim that are great as a mashal the nesiva shalom as a mashal. It's one place. He's unique. He always is busy telling you what Shabbos is. He always finds a way in almost every Dvar Torah to fit in Shabbos and to all his Dvar Torah. There's Svarim that give us a sense of what Shabbos is. Rapink is famously wrote Shabbos. Malk, so there are many Svarim finding out what it is. What resonates by me won't necessarily resonate by you, but finding out what it is and our own self seeing if we can experience it, our own self. So learning this mirrors of Shabbos, what they're saying and trying, it doesn't mean weekly we'll, we'll hit it. And we certainly keep the structure of the relationship and enjoy it on a simplistic level. That's Gishmak, to eat good food, enjoy our families. But seeing if we can p- find out what it is and plug into what it is. That's, that to me is important. I tell, I tell us, well, I have a belief that every single person in this room, I could tell you my story and you'll all lose your minds. I'm not doing it right now. And my own story may be the, the reasons I want to wait, but all of us have a story. I believe in an honest way. Anybody here would honestly say over this story, we'll cry, know your own story and know your kid's story. Now, when I say know your story, what do you mean? What do you mean? I woke up. You all know you're here. Your story's not being here. Each of us in this room are thinking something else. One guy's saying, wow, this was good. Another guy's saying, I can't believe I had to come here. And it's a different, what's happening inside is unique, is very unique. Your story is not the external version. I'm called a lot. Since COVID, I've become an address for, in, the, in the very yeshivish community. So some of this kid was the top guy in the yeshiva, and all of a sudden he's not from, that's not the story. What was happening? I know he was learning. Your learning is not the story. What was he feeling when he was learning? What was, what was, what's happening? What is he experiencing? What's going on inside? Plug in, lean in, don't be afraid of our story. From that place, we can connect. The generation today is not willing to do what we were willing and we were supposed to do. And we were amazing for doing. Let's go, let's go, push, tug, that's the right thing. Why? I don't know. This is what you do. And there's a value to that. There's a value to that. This is what you do. And people, great, great people did this and with tremendous value. But there's a generation that wants to understand, that wants to connect, that wants to find meaning, that wants to... They want to... They, they, there's a panemius. There's a reason. Growing up, when I was growing up, Nobody celebrated. Kamat nobody. You played a baseball game with your school. There was no such yamtiv. I, with a few friends, there was a chsidish, a yid, a My yeshiva did nothing a lot We like snuck away, scared what my Rebbe would think if he caught us. The solitz had a little fire with like a few old yid, and we went there. Today, every yeshiva, Lagba is like the main chag on our calendar, every yeshiva. 
Because people are tapping into a Torah Nister because they're worried about a world of Nister. There's a Pneumius, the, the generations connecting in a very deep way to, to Pneumius, to their own inners. I, I never learned certain Svarim. I never thought I would learn. I never. I grew up in a Musar Yeshiva. I never would thought I'd learn. And I'm learning Svarim that the, the human condition is there. Everything of our situations is in the Torah. And we can find it and there's a whole Torah of such. So I come from a place of effort and just fight for what's true and what you feel, how you experience. That wasn't what I, I didn't know about that. And comes a generation that that's all they want. They're not going to dive to be a good boy and know what's happening. Then you study prayer, you find out what it is, you relate to it, you connect to it, it's meaningful. Now you then have to learn and we have to teach, we have what to teach a generation. And people have to know even when you don't feel it, there's the shtar and the marriage, but there's kesef also. This generation's craving, the way I see it, craving kesef. We have plenty to teach in terms of shtar. The kesef, you have to have it yourself to give it. So we have to be mechazek, our own yediyah of what things are and plug in and then we could share and overflow with those experiences, prayer and Shabbos and tefillin and tzitzis. Study what they are. There's more and more access to the svarim. What is tzitzis? What is it? I put on a bag, what's happening? Now it's a mitzvah Hashem, and we do it whether we understand or not, but the mitzvah means something, and there's more access to svarim that give us a sense of what it is, and then we can connect, and a different idea will resonate by me than you, and we can, can actually connect to the mitzvah in a deep way. I asked the Bachar, I asked the guy in yeshiva, there's a very poetic guy, he's a tremendous ben I asked him to please share with us tzitzis, what did tzitzis mean to you? So I asked the sheriff, so he said to the chevron, I don't know if you were there, Kabi was there. He came, this bacher from Baltimore, incredible guy. He said, I'll tell you what tzitzis means to me. He says to the guys, he said, every morning I get dressed, a very funky dresser. He dresses very cool, this guy. He says, I look in my closet and I think, what do I want to portray that day? And he said, I spend time. He dresses very funny colors. So he puts on his jacket, his pants, and everything he thinks through what to put on. He said, my tzitzis, I never think. He said, it started bothering me. It's, it's my, he calls it his boring garment. I put it on. Everything else I'm thinking so hard, and this I just put on. I started thinking to myself, this is not right. He said, maybe I should get some cooler pairs of tzitzis, like different colors. Every other day, I think this one I don't think. So he said, I started thinking what tzitzis is. And he basically said, a begot is what you're portraying. At the corner of your begot, you have tzitzis means past everything you show, you're a loyalist Hashem. Deeper than all my begadim, the corner of my begad, I put a mitzvah Hashem. And he said that, he said that's Pshat the Gemara, that the tzitzis hit the, the Talmud of Akiva, was going to his nose, tzitzis hit him in his face, he wasn't over. Men deeper than all my begadim, he found out who he was. So he said that I like that it's my boring begad. He says, everything else after they, what do I want to show others? There's one begad I don't really thought, it's just who I am. No, I just, so he said, I like my boring tzitzis, my boring begad. That's what he said, it means to him. That's how I would describe today's generation. This guy came, he's a Ben Tyre, he's a serious Ben Tyre who's written much on Tyre, he's a Talmud Chacham. But at his start of his journey, he couldn't just be a good boy. I was a good boy, I put on tzitzis, I don't know, it made everybody proud. He needed more, he needed to, what, what's going on? He needed to connect. Yes, sir. Um, has a certain extreme in terms of openness which is 
should not be replicated or attempted if it's not if there's no realness to back it up. Very externally, what would Rebbe say is the ideal? Is is school uniforms not an ideal, or is it the ideal? But sometimes we need a place for the non-ideal. That's just a, a, a dogma of of the question. But broadly, take it out of uniforms and structure and rules and 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 set set ideals. Is is the openness and the acceptedness is that for every institution and lachatchi? I know Rebbe sends his kids to to the yeshiva, but is, is that for every home? Is that should we all send our kids to, to this place that's openly and accepting? Is that the lachatchi or, or is that not for every home? Yeah. I love the question. I love. I, I don't have an easy answer. I don't have an answer for the question. I want to say that the uniqueness of every person is has to be there. That every person, no matter how uniform, and certainly there's a dress code makes sense. Many schools have that, but that the uniqueness of each person that's like a basic to life. And the person's own journey matters. It matters who you are. There's a certain uniformity. I don't like secular schools at all. I don't like, I think they're terrible places. I think little kids should be in school. After 13, 14, 15, conversation and dialogue has to be there. There's a lie to the thing. Behave and be, who are you? Who are you? That has to be at every yeshiva. Who are you? What's happening by you? What's... What's the world within? I think it's very dangerous not to have it. I'll tell you something interesting. What's called safe and what's called dangerous? I have people, Waterbury is an open place. They're kids who struggle with Shabbos, which means they're kids who, who talk all different ways in the background. So people, is it safe? I, I, I have environments, I would send my, I would never send my kid to certain types of places. If a kid doesn't have real conversation, it is not a safe yeshiva, it's not safe. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story, it's a little dramatic, it's on tape, I'll tell you a story that happened, but it's important to me. We had a bacher come to yeshiva, it was in a place that the world would see as very safe. I'm not here to scare people, I'm here to say that what I think is the truth, that people need to have honest conversation. This Bach had come from a very safe place to ninth and 10th grade. It was a Dwarim Yeshiva. He had been involved in rampant, inappropriate touching and crazy things, rampant in a safe Yeshiva. He came to us. He was the anger. He was very upset at Hashem, a normal, sophisticated kid. Today, Baruch Hashem, he's from, he's steiging. He's in a very, very good place. But he came from a safe place. I don't consider places safe if kids don't talk. Honest conversation. I don't think it's safe. It's ironic that yeshiva, we once had kids from our yeshiva supposed to go to a camp, and the yeshiva, that yeshiva, didn't let his guys go to, he said it's not safe to be with those kids, didn't let them in. I don't say anything, I'm not an attacker, the yeshiva's a tzaddik, big tzaddik. It's not safe if kids don't talk, I don't believe it's safe. That I don't care what yeshiva, and I think our task as mechanchim is to engage in honest conversation. I think kids need that. We all can ask, what I mean, I'm teaching Gemara, Chumash, honest, then recess becomes honest. Now, you can't expect somebody to be honest with you if they can't be honest, and it has to, it, like you said, it has to come slowly. I think every yeshiva in the world, any yeshiva, that honest conversation's not there, I don't think it can have a lot of impact on Talmudim. I don't, I don't believe that. So I think to make a place safe, kids have to talk and speak. What's happening? 
It doesn't mean we're not trying to play amateur therapists. I'm going to talk about that. Talk about human. Talk about humanists. Yedidus. There's a world of connection. How can, if I'm not connected, I went to high school, I'm from a, we're, we're all older. I did not have any honest conversation with my rebellion. I didn't need it. I didn't need it. The same kid of today, my own son has cried to a Rebbe. He's a very normal kid. He's a cool kid, great ball player. He's cried to a Rebbe. I bring them to the our yeshiva because I want him to speak to a Rebbe honestly. I want him to talk. And I'm honest, it doesn't, the Rebbe doesn't play amateur therapist. I'm not allowed to We don't have all the answers, but there's honest conversation. I don't want, I don't want my Rebbe in yeshiva to play Rebbe. Shalom, I want him to talk. Good morning. Who are you? Shalom Aleichem. An honest, eye-to-eye, honest. I want them to connect to Torah, Torah to be meaningful and precious. When, when I went to school, what was valuable for a Rebbe was charisma, geshma. I hire like boring Rebbeim. I don't care. I don't care for that. I don't think the kids of today care for that. It's not about you come in, whoa, he's so charismatic. Charisma is cute. Honesty is powerful. Honesty, relationship, powerful connection, but, but real. You'll walk in, you know, there's a connection. You say, I would fire, if a Rebbe called a guy by his last names, I would fire him. You know each kid's name, of course. But you know them, there's a connection. Baruch, Yosef, there's a connection, there's a relationship, there's a real yedidus, a friendship. How can we introduce to a world of Torah and call it a world of yedidus if we, we as the representatives of Torah don't have this yedidus? An honest, real Yedidus, a world of friendship. Maishu Rabbeinu is the Schwitz Rebbe and Kleinsel. The first three stories of his life are just connection, relationship to people. He's worried about the Gashmis. The first three stories. Yes? Thank you very much. Um, the, um, the quiet kids who otherwise won't open up. They need force, that friendship. You can't, you can't force a conversation, but you uh, suggest tools. Go on, well, we go on walks and we talk. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't, I'm not asking a kid to tell me his life story. Who said a kid's going to want to tell us his life story? But an honest friendship, an honest how things are going, what's it, what are you feeling, what are you thinking? Even within Tyra, without of Tyra, an honest interest in the person is, those are the ones who everybody has, there's no invisible kids. Every no, kid is. He's not, if he doesn't take that next step, we should get involved in trying I never like forcing anybody to speak anything. Then I'll, I like talking, so I'll do, then I'll tell them about me. But I, I, the, the relationship that I want to connect to you, I, I think that, again, that an honest, it's unforced, we're not trying to extrapolate, I, we're looking for people to tell us their darkest secrets, every person that has, I care if a kid too eagerly wants to tell you his secrets, and you tell them, I don't know, don't don't, don't, don't feel pressured, don't say anything. But um, the honest relationship, I think we could have with every one of our Talmudim an honest relationship. I think for to give over the Torah, Revolva called an Olam Yedidus. We know what a real Yedidus is, a friendship, that there's an honest connection. Somebody who cares, somebody who notices, somebody who's, who's connected to the Talmud in a meaningful way. That, on, that honest conversation... I think with rebellion, and it's difficult because we're teaching. When, when are we having this? We have classrooms. You're talking about the formality. So it becomes important the minutes before class, the recess breaks. Recess is huge. And we take a guy. We're, we're talking nothing, not forcing out, not trying to get him to say, but, but noticing, speaking, hearing what's going on, how things, well, you know, 
honest conversation. I think that's huge. I think people are craving that. I think the Torah we give goes in much deeper and better when we have that. That's how I see it. Yeah. Are there Rebbeim? Have we seen Rebbeim? In, in previous generations, you're right. I think with today, I think it's very, very difficult to impart Torah without this. That's what I think. Thank you. Thank you. Could it be because also in that I can relate a lot to what you say, right? Coming from more Kiro background, how important relation you said, but how do you move from the Keset to the Shtar? Uh, the Keset I hear it, that's the, the, the foundation, and without that you can't get anywhere, right? But you want to get to the Shtar, or you want to go to become somebody, you know, at the end of the day, it's all great that he feels good about himself, and he feels good about his Rebbe, and he, he doubts his Rebbe, I personally found that today I've got a lot of good relationships but I haven't managed to move especially this year I'm saying in terms of kilos very hard to move people so the relationship is very strong but to get to that star I find I personally find it frustrating because that's maybe it's my job you want about to move you know um, so how do you move from the Kesef to the star? I think once people know what something is and have, when a guy has Shabbos, any guy who touches Shabbos real, he keeps the structure of Shabbos, the shtar aspect. They did a study to a couple in America, it's, it's a set, it happens to be two yid, but it's in the secular. They did, a, they did like a study on the marriages that work. They studied thousands of marriages. They described like the form that they have. He called it like the intimate structure that they keep a certain structure of marriage even when they're not feeling close. So they have the structure of the thing. I just think once people taste the thing itself, anybody knows that you need to build a structure in which to contain a marriage. In any marriage, you don't live 24-7 with the feelings of Ava. That's not how it works. We tap in, we have moments, we have good moments, we have the structure of a beautiful marriage, and then we can tap in. I just think, I think like Shtar is a natural. We try to have Shtar minus Kesem, so Shtar takes on such like, and the generation makes them aha, they won't listen. When people have the thing itself, entire is the same way. Not every time we learn is everything going to resonate. That's the star of it, but we have to have the structure. We have to have the, the, the structure of the relationship very firm. I think once people taste the thing itself, if I taste marriage and know what it is, so then I want in a marriage, teach me the structure that lets me have the framework that lets me have the thing. The generation is, is making a tremendous protest on the framework minus the thing. I, I have a math equation, rules minus relationship equals rebellion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics or to hear an eon shear on any daffin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.